There we go. Welcome back to Abundant Hope Christian Center in Downey, California in the United States. This is Healing for Church Orphans. We're teaching today on Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. The last few verses of Matthew 11 where Jesus is preaching out in Galilee. Forgive my voice, but here in Southern California, we have a burst of pollen after we've had some very healthy rains the last few months. Uh, California had been in a drought. We are no longer in a drought, at least for this year. And so we've been blessed by abundant rain. And by this time of the year in April, as we approach Holy Week in, in the United States, uh, we're approaching a lot of pollen in the air. So if I sound a little bit scratchy, please forgive the scratchiness as we study the word today. As we go to Matthew 11, we're studying today the rest, two kinds of rest in these verses. First, the rest that is given, and then the rest that we find later on. And that is a choice. I'm going to start off by saying there are born-again believers who have been given rest, eternal rest. And they, were, they are born-again, spirit-filled children of God. They are sons and daughters of the Most High Father. There is also that Jesus will tell us a rest that we can find for our souls. And those who have studied the Bible know that our souls is where our emotions are. A lot of people are in hospitals today because of depression. And that depression brings on disease. There are people who get cancer because they've been in depression or emotion. They get no, they don't take off one day out of seven. When I had cancer 22 years ago, it was because I did not take one day out of seven to rest. I was busy getting a teaching credential. I was busy taking care of my parents and their rental property. I was busy teaching at church. Go, go, go. I was 42 at the time. And I'll tell you what, when I did get the cancer and the chemo, I paid back those Sabbath days. I paid back, not because I wanted to, because I was forced to. The Lord will bring the Sabbath day upon us. It is a blessing. The Sabbath was created as a blessing for human beings on this earth. We go into the whole creation is into cycles, seven-year cycles. And that's why we rest our crops, hopefully, one year out of seven. And that's been policy in the United States since the Great Depression. We had a dust bowl back then, and they found out, hey, if we go back to the biblical standard and rest our fields one year out of seven, they will be healthy. Our bodies are part of his creation. We're made in his image. We need one day out of rest, and I mean rest. That doesn't mean go shopping. That's not rest. That doesn't mean go to the golf course. That's not rest. Rest is spending time with the Lord. Okay, let's go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. I am in the midst of a paragraph. The paragraph begins in verse 25. And for those of you who want to dig a little deeper, you would start reading at verse 25. But for today, Jesus is speaking of 
giving us true rest. Let's look at verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One of the keys of Bible study is go where things are repeated. And here we see in verse 28, it is a rest that is given. And then in verse 29, he speaks of a rest that is found. And the rest that is found in verse 29 is for your souls, your souls, your emotions. People in hospitals are there. Some of them are locked up or even locked up for emotional problems. Depression. People take a lot of drugs for emotional problems. Millions of Americans that I know of have to take a, a prescription because of their depression. The reason why they don't get this rest is because look what it says. Jesus says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What's a yoke? Well, I was never raised on a farm, but a yoke is a harness. It is a, um, something that hangs on two animals. And you know what I'm talking about. This lady over here, she's been around horses her whole life, I think. But the thing is, he wants us to be yoked with him, walk with him, listen to him, learn from him. They will take a younger animal, a steer, and put it next to a more experienced steer and allow that older steer, cow, to train the younger one. So Jesus is talking to people and he uses metaphors that will teach them and show them you need to walk beside me. When you are yoked with someone, your ear is right at their mouth and you're listening. People who have been married are yoked together in marriage and that is not a form of bondage. That means they are one flesh. They are together. And I was just reading in the paper yesterday a couple that have been married 82 years. 82 years. Of course, they're over 100 now. They're at a convalescent home. But for 82 years, and I said to myself, they had to be close together and listen to one another, yoked together in a positive way. Listening is so important in relationships. Listening is key to a good marriage. We are to consider the other's needs as more important than our own, it says in Philippians we are to be givers in a marriage and not receivers first. Give and it will be given unto you. I did a wedding once where the Lord impressed upon me to go to Luke, I think, 638. Give and it shall be given unto you, uh, heap together. And, but to have the mindset that when you look at your mate, his or her needs are more important than your own. And when you satisfy and you give, 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 then hopefully he or she will give back to you. 
A marriage becomes damaged when it's a one-way street or a no-way street. And there's one sin that, even though it's forgivable, one sin that keeps on giving through the decades of your life. That is the sin of divorce. It just keeps giving and giving, usually through children and usually in that pain. So we are to be yoked together with Jesus on this and have our ears right aimed at him and to walk with him. This is a matter of obedience. And here you will find rest for your soul. This kind of rest must be found. And that is learning from Jesus. And he said it's not that hard. You could learn from him because he's gentle and lowly in heart. The best teachers, if you remember your teachers in high school or college, the very best were gentle and lowly or humble in heart. <clears throat> they, I've known teachers who had an enormous personality that just overwhelms and that sucks all the oxygen out of the room, controls the classroom like a dictator, a good teacher listens to and finds out that this class is different from the others, so he's gonna, he or she is gonna aim that class, teach that class in a different style, in a different way, do the curriculum, but to do and emphasize certain things. You gotta read your class. A good teacher reads his or her class and adapts. He or she is not to be a dictator. Jesus is not a dictator in our life. He is gentle and lowly in heart. And again, lowly in heart means he listens to us and he will teach us at our own speed, at our own level. And this is where we will find rest for our souls. He says that yoke is easy and the burden is light. It is a good thing to walk with Jesus to be yoke-fellowed with him. And that what we see here is that the first rest as for those that, who labor and are heavy laden. Jesus was talking with Jews, trying to obey the law and all the Mosaic regulations. These people were burdened. He was a shepherd of the sheep and the gospel was for the Jews first and he had compassion on the people. He saw them as lost sheep of Israel, of the house of Israel. When we give our lives and hearts to him in faith, we have, he has come to us as a shepherd seeking the lost. And though we no longer have to labor to get him to love us, and we are heavily laden with guilt, with the guilt of sin, and this is the rest that is given freely. It's not the rest that we find. It is the rest that is given. We come to the cross. And that is we are in many pathways. There's only one pathway to the Lord. And that is for through Jesus Christ. But we are on different pathways in life. And it all ends up at the cross. Let me move you to Jeremiah chapter 6. Go to the left in your Bibles in the Old Testament to Jeremiah chapter 6. I want to show you something here. Jeremiah was a teenager speaking 
to a disobedient generation of God's people. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. This verse 16 begins a new paragraph here. And the paragraph goes to verse 21. At the very least, we need to look at verse 16. This is the word from the Lord himself. If you got a Bible like mine, you see quote marks. It says in verse 16, thus says the Lord, all caps, L-O-R-D. This is the name for God who makes covenant with his people. It is always a blood covenant. This is the name for God that Moses met at the burning bush, L-O-R-D, all caps, Yahweh. He hears, he listens, he has a two-way conversation with his people through the Spirit, and whenever he makes covenant with them, it is a blood covenant. We see it for the first time, this name, in Genesis 2. After God is done creating, he starts speaking with the man he made in his own image, Adam. Let's see what he says here. Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. This is the disobedient generation that eventually would be off to captivity. Isaiah warned them the generation before. Jeremiah warns them in this generation. And the Lord is speaking to his people. Stand in the ways, what ways? And see, these are the old paths where the good way is. I've been studying in Psalm 119 where it tells the young man trying to cleanse his own ways to walk in the right paths of righteousness. It's a choice. And the path here says we are to seek, ask for it. We are to seek it. It is a good way and to walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Do you think this, what, what was Jesus was quoting? In Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus had this Jeremiah 6.16 on his heart and mind. But they said, God's people said, we will not walk in it. When you go through the rest of this paragraph, the quote mark that begins in verse 16 at the word stand, the quote mark for the Lord goes all the way to the end of verse 20. It is one solid quote from the Lord, the name of the Lord, L-O-R-D. He speaks to the congregation. He speaks to everyone on earth. He says, you've not heeded my words, and I will not accept your burnt, sacrifice, burnt offerings and your sacrifices. I will not accept them. These are people who are going to the temple. These today... That would be churchgoers, tithers, people having communion. But yet, they will not walk in the old paths. For born-again Christians, what does this mean? 
If we do not walk in the old paths of obedience and the way we live our lives and the life, the pathway we are to seek is the way of the cross. And the way of the cross is to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. The Christian life is not always a life of material fulfillment. He does promise to take care of our needs and even our wants. But that doesn't mean we'll be free from pain or free from want. He gives us everything. He is our shepherd. We shall not want. We shall not lack. That does mean we are going through times of want and lack. So we come to him and say, Great shepherd, Lord Jesus, I have a need, I have a want here, and we can come and ask. Dr. Ole Halsby, who wrote a book in the 1930s called Prayer. He was a man who spoke nothing but Norwegian. And he sold a book in this country and around the world, mostly written in English, a book called Prayer. Dr. Halsby emphasized that prayer was two things. One, we come to him and admit we are utterly helpless. We have no confidence in the flesh, in our strength. We have no confidence in our education. We have no confidence in our own wisdom. And the second part is, we have faith that he will give us what we need. He will provide. There's a radio commentator in the United States who says, talent on loan from God. Maybe you've heard him. It's true that the talent we receive, the abilities we receive, is literally on loan from God. One thing I know I don't have is a musical ability. I could hardly carry a tune. And I certainly has no ability with uh, instruments. But I marvel at the people who could sing and play an instrument at the same time. How they can do it, that is only God-given. And we see in the Psalms, we could sing and make melody in our hearts, but David, King David, created a lot of those musical instruments. We are to walk, we are to stand, it says in verse 16, in the ways and walk the old path. Stand and walk. It almost sounds like Psalm 1, doesn't it? Sit, walk, stand. But these people have decided and they speak their disobedience and say, we will not walk in it. It is a choice. Jesus will give strength to our souls when we learn from him and become equally yoked with him. Let us have communion right now as we break up our time. And it's right here. Our communion's right here. Thank you. We're going to have communion. If you need strength from the Lord... If you need an obedient heart, come to the table of the Lord. It is that table that David talked about in Psalm 23. In the midst of my enemies, the Lord has prepared a table for me. In the midst of my enemies, if you need help, this is where you come. If you need forgiveness and cleansing, this is where you come. To the table of the Lord, if you don't have any wine or grape juice or any matzah, just get a cookie, a potato chip or a tortilla, 
or water or juice, whatever. I've known people to have all kinds of things, tea, coffee, that's take the bread, whatever it may be, and bring it before the Lord. Thank you, Father, for the manna you sent from heaven and that by your stripes we are healed and we lift our bodies to you and present our bodies as a reasonable sacrifice. We submit our bodies to you that you are going to heal and restore and make whole in Jesus' name as we partake. Now we take the cup, the cup of redemption, and there is the precious cup of the blood of Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse our mind and heart. Cleanse our bodies from the sin that stumbles us. Cleanse us from all guilt and all association with guilt. No judgment, no condemnation. In Jesus' name we praise you as you cleanse us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Grant us your wisdom and protect us by your blood from all enemies. In Jesus' name we submit, pray, and take right now. And as I speak to all of us the blessing, the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. The name of the Lord has been placed upon us and we are blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Go with God. Thank you for listening. Thank you for attending. And we'll get together again soon.